Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this Sunday is a kind of a busy Sunday. We have a number of things that we are doing today. Uh, first on the list is we are welcoming a new deacon. Uh, he was just officially installed at the 9 a.m. Mass, uh, Deacon John uh, Borelli. Um, now, G Deacon John Borelli is not a new deacon. He's been around for quite a while. And he used to be assigned here at St. Thomas a number of years ago. Do any of you remember him from years ago? A couple, I see a couple hands. And he uh, comes to us from St. Daniel the Prophet Parish. And so we are happy to have him once again here at St. Thomas. Uh, I've spoken with him and he's, a, he's very excited to be here and excited to serve all of you. So let's welcome uh, Deacon John Borelli. Uh, this Sunday is uh, Trinity Sunday, so I'll give a, uh, a, hopefully a brief homily on the Trinity. Uh, we are also kicking off our in-pew survey for the Rotolo Associates uh, is helping us with a feasibility study for the upcoming capital campaign. And it's also Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all of the dads uh, here today. Uh, Trinity Sunday, uh, the, the Holy Trinity is something that when I was in seminary, the professors would say one of the most difficult masses for you to preach on will be Holy Trinity. And the reason being is that it is in its essence a mystery. Uh, we can talk about the Trinity, we can say uh, things about God, uh, but God is still so somewhat of a mystery to us to really comprehend, and I could go into many stories of saints and experiences that they've had trying to understand the Trinity. The understanding of Trinity that we have today, that God is one in being and three persons, this mystery, uh, was not always understood by the Christian church. The person of who, who Jesus is uh, was something that was not always well understood by the church, and it needed to be clarified and understood, and really the church needed to have a doctrine of the Holy Trinity. And we heard Jesus say in the gospel that there's many more things that he needed to teach, but he said, you're going to have to wait for the Holy Spirit 
And the Holy Spirit, when it comes, will teach you in all things, all truths. And so we firmly believe as Catholics that God continues to teach us and instruct us through the working of the Holy Spirit. And the way that we see that is when the church uh, gathers a ecumenical council of bishops, that the Holy Spirit will guide the, the, that ecumenical council in truth. And so we believe that the, the, the Pope is infallible when he speaks on matters of faith and morals, and that he's not contradicting uh, traditions that have long been held uh, in the church. And so we call that papal infallibility. That doesn't mean that the Pope can't be make mistakes. He makes mistakes all the time. But when he officially teaches from the chair of Peter, ex cathedra, uh, declaring this in a formal act, and when he's speaking on matters of faith and morals, we believe that the Holy Spirit will guide the church in all truths. And so in the early church, there was a lot of misunderstanding about the Trinity. Matter of fact, the word Trinity does not appear in the Bible. Did you know that? The word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible. It appears in concept. For example, St. Paul, when he writes letters, he says things like, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. So we see this Trinitarian formula, but what it actually, what the church actually taught about the Trinity came much later than the, even the Gospels. And it's a well-known fact that all Christian churches around the world believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. That is that God is one um, and three persons. In the early church, there was a priest from the area called Alexandria, which a lot of scholarship was done in Alexandria. This priest's name was Arius, and he had some strange ideas about who he thought Jesus was. Uh, he thought of Jesus much as the Greeks looked at demigods, for example, Hercules. He was somehow half human, half uh, God. And so this is somewhat uh, of a, this is a, a heresy um, in the early church. And it spread, it spread all, all around the church, this Arian heresy. And one of the sad things about Arian heresy was that it taught that there was a time when Jesus did not exist. That there was a time when God existed, but Jesus was not there yet, and that God created Jesus. Now, this is contrary to what we believe today when we speak about the Trinity. Um, so this priest, uh, Arius, started this heresy called Arianism, and it divided the church. There were, there were like literally wars fought over what they believed about Jesus. And it's interesting to note that the founder of Islam, Muhammad, was taught about Christ by Arian, by Arius. So he learned uh, from a, a heretic. And to this day, Muslims do not regard Jesus as God. Wonder what it would have been like had he met a good bishop like Athanasius who taught the truth about the Trinity. So the church, um, under the guidance of Constantine, the emperor, uh, Constantine wanted to see peace in his empire. And he saw that the church was divided, and so he, he organized that there be a council of all the known bishops, and bishops were summoned from all over the world. There were hundreds of bishops, and they were brought to a little town 
right outside of Constantinople called Nicaea. And he wanted them to hammer out what they believed about God. And so at this Council of Nicaea, they wrote what we use today and we call the Nicene Creed. It comes from the word from the town, Nicaea, the Nicene Creed. And namely, the Trinity was spoken about. Namely, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth of all things, visible and invisible. That's a declaration of God as Father. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. This was directly inserted to combat the heresy of Arianism. Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him, through Jesus, all things were made goes on to speak about the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And so it was at the Council of Nicaea uh, that Arianism was refuted as a heresy. Now it still lingered for a long time. And actually the, the good bishop Athanasius, who did believe in the Trinity that we believe in today, he was exiled like twice, but finally the truth prevailed and we still use the Nicene Creed today um, at Mass. And so it's interesting to note then that the church goes through periods of growth. There will always be controversies and arguments in the church and we believe that our bishops and the Holy Father uh, will be guided in all truths by the Holy Spirit. All of this can be very academic, and I like to look at the Trinity in a way that's very personal to each and every one of us. And that is the truth that God revealed to us, that you are made in the image and likeness of God. You should say, wow. That is something that is so beautiful, uh, such a gift to know that God created me in his image and likeness. If you ever thought badly of yourself, like, does anyone love me? Am I worth anything? Am I no good? Remind yourself, you are made in the image and likeness of God. St. Augustine was well known to have said, Christian, hold high your head and remember your dignity. We are made in the image and likeness of God, and God revealed himself to us. It's not like we went with a microscope and said, I'm going to go study God. You know, how could we do that? So really, when we look at theology, it's the study of God as he revealed himself to us. So do we know everything about God? No. How could we? Our, our, my brain is tiny. Um, maybe you have a bigger brain than me. But no matter how big your brain is, God is bigger than that. And there's no way that we could know everything about God. And so God reveals himself to us. He wants us to um, understand certain things about him. And so he revealed to us the Trinity, that he is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is what God wants to know about himself, and so he reveals it to us. Uh, the, the concept of God as Father it comes from the Old Testament, the Jews. Uh, they re regarded God as the Father of Israel. Jesus reveals himself as Son of God, and when the people can't believe it, you know, who is this guy? How can he uh, forgive sins? Only God forgives sins. 
He works miracles so that people will believe that the words that he said are true. And then Jesus reveals the Holy Spirit. He says, when I leave, I'm going back to the Father, and together we will send to you the Holy Spirit, who will teach you in all truths. And so Jesus reveals himself as Son, then he reveals the Holy Spirit, and so we have the Trinity. And it's important for us to know that we're made in the image and likeness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in this, we find who we truly are. You know, somebody might once said to me, Father, I'm an angry person, and that's just who I am, and you need to accept me. I said, you are not an angry person. God made you in his image and likeness, and that is love, not anger. If you feel angry all the time, you have a spirit of anger that has taken over you, and you are identifying as yourself something that's actually foreign to you. And so if you want to know who you truly are, we look to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to reveal us to ourselves. We have to look at God. He reveals uh, us to ourselves because we're made in his image and likeness. And I think that this is a path to happiness. When we speak about happiness, I think it's, it's doing what we were meant to, to do, being who we were meant to be. If you want to be happy and you're a father, be the best father in the world. If you are a mother and you want to be happy, be the best mother in the world or the best wife or the best husband. I think as a priest, if God has called me to be a priest, then my happiness lies in being the best priest that I could be. And so when we talk about you know, happiness, I think it has to do with something fulfilling its destiny, what the purpose of God created it. Maybe you've heard me tell the story when I go and talk to the children in the school. I say, hey, how do I make my Toyota Tacoma truck happy? The boys will say, drive fast. The girls will be like, change the oil. It's like, change the diaper, change the oil, take it to the car wash, put gas in it. It's like a baby bottle. And, uh, but all those answers are things that the truck was made for. It was designed to go fast. It was designed to use oil or to look good. Most people buy a vehicle because they like the way it looks. And so the children instinctively know that what would make something happy is to do what it was made to do. If I say, how do I make my shoe happy? They'll say, wear it and go for a walk. Why would that make my shoe happy? Because that's what it was made for. You know, what would make um, my coffee cup happy? Put, put coffee in it. Why would that make it happy? Because that's what it was made for. Well, what about you? What would make you happy? Then you have to answer the question, what were you made for? And we know that God revealed to us that we are made in his image and likeness, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so in the Trinity, we find the roadmap to happiness. Now, I could go on and on for like an hour or more describing attributes of the Father, but I will just um, focus on one thing from each of the Trinity and say this is a path to happiness. Uh, St. Paul, when he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, what is the grace that Jesus brings to us? Redemption, forgiveness. He died on the cross to take away our sins and restore us to God. And, and so I think our happiness lies in when we do that for one another, when we forgive one another. I think that leads to our happiness. Have you ever uh, been upset with somebody? You're not happy. You're, you're torn inside. And until there is some resolution, some forgiveness, reconciliation, you are not happy. And so our happiness lies in us forgiving one another, whether it's your sister who did something to you, or your brother, or your wife, or your, or your husband, or your neighbor, 
Imagine if you got upset and you never forgave somebody anything that they ever did. You would be miserable, wouldn't you? I mean, that would be just terrible. Imagine if somebody cut you off on the highway and you talk about it all day long. And t- tomorrow you're still talking about how he cut you off on the road. It's like, you know, get over it. You know, move on. So forgiveness that Jesus reveals to us as part of our own identity is what would lead to our happiness. Paul reveals God, the, the love of God. Uh, God is generous. Love is generous. Love knows no bounds. Love wants to keep on giving. Imagine if Jesus said to us, I will go so far. I'll take the lashes. I'll carry the cross, but no further. No, that's not. He reveals love, the willingness to go to the bitter end, even to death, death on a cross. And so God reveals himself to us as love, and love is generous. And there's your second key to happiness. Be a generous person. The more generous you are, the more happy you become. And so I I look at parents. Parents love to to buy gifts for their children and then to watch the children open the gift and really um, have a good time with it. I think happiness comes when we are generous. If you're stingy, if you're selfish, you'll rob yourself of happiness because that's not how you were made. You were made to be generous, a lover, as God is a lover. Paul reveals the Holy Spirit. He says, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And the Holy Spirit brings unity and community And if you want to be happy, you need to belong to a family of some sort. One of the big problems that happens with kids these days, both parents are working, they come home from school, and there's no community. So what do they do? They they look for community in all the wrong places, maybe on the internet, Facebooking, or joining a gang, or some hanging out with the wrong crowd. If you want to be happy, we have to belong to a family and be part of the community. And so I look at the Trinity on a very personal level as a roadmap to me for my own happiness. God revealed to me something beautiful, that you are made in the image and likeness of God, and then he revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You could spend the rest of the day meditating on on that truth and what the attributes of the Father are, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all those things is, is what we are and will lead us to happiness. Amen.